This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. All of Alabama's Republican House members are now backing Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan to be the next Speaker of the House. Dale Strong was the last to officially endorse Jordan this past Monday night. Strong says he's calling on Jordan to cut spending and secure the border as the next Speaker of the House and also said he's confident that Jordan is the right man for the job. Strong's decision came later on the same day that Alabama Congressman Mike Rogers did a 180 when it comes to Jordan as Speaker of the House. On Monday morning, Rogers posted on social media that he had a long and productive discussion with Jordan and has since backtracked on his proposal for moderate Republicans to join forces with Democrats in order to select the next speaker. Rogers is now endorsing Jordan, who is likely headed for an official vote within the House today. And statements that were made by Rogers about preferring to work with Democrats over conservatives like Jordan has raised the ire of some Republican Party leaders. Apparently, at least four of those who sit on the Alabama Republican Party Executive Committee started looking into ways to challenge the ballot access of Rogers on the Republican ticket. One member of the ALGOP in particular, Ashley Hilburn, spoke with 1890 News saying that Rogers showed willingness to work with Democrat Hakeem Jeffries over Jim Jordan, which was essentially the overturning of the will of the GOP caucus. Hilburn says this justifies a move to deny Rogers ballot access within the party if he continues his reckless course. Rogers has since changed his rhetoric and position when it comes to Jim Jordan. When it comes to the Alabama Republican Party as a whole, two of the House representatives have already qualified for the upcoming 2024 election. Jerry Carl of Mobile and Robert Adderholt of Haleyville are the ones that have qualified. Other candidates have until November 10th to apply for either state or federal offices. Carl is facing a significantly restructured District 1 as a result of the three-judge panel out of Birmingham. Carl's new district lines include Coffee County, of which Congressman Barry Moore is currently representing. Moore has not made his re-election plans known at this time. Adderhold, on the other hand, does not face as much of a challenge from other Republican House members. He received 84% of the vote in his district back in 2022. A group of current and former employees within the Alabama Department of Human Resources are calling on Governor Ivey to hear their cries for help and take action as the head of state. An open letter to the governor has also been given to 1819 News, and it seeks to expose the abusive leadership within the DHR in order to get help for the social workers and the children within the system. The letter places the blame at the feet of the DHR commissioner, Nancy Buckner, saying that Buckner and her deputy commissioners are incompetent and incapable of doing their jobs, and they use fear and intimidation to manage the agency. The letter accuses Buckner of nepotism as well and a loss of focus on the mission of the DHR. The letter can be read at 1819news.com. It concludes with asking the governor to intervene for the sake of Alabama's children and their future. Well, we're now finding out that more is to be revealed in a courtroom this coming Wednesday regarding the nature of Natalie Holloway's death back in 2005 on the island of Aruba. This new revelation is all part of a plea deal that was negotiated for Joran Vandersloot, who is the prime suspect in Holloway's disappearance and death. Vandersloot was extradited to Alabama from a Peruvian prison earlier this year in order to face charges of wire fraud and extortion related to Holloway's family members following the teen's disappearance. Since arriving in the Birmingham area, Vandersloot's trial has been delayed at least once. This plea deal agreement was apparently being worked out during that time. The information will be unsealed this coming Wednesday. 
And the city of Fairhope is starting up a new position to manage two of their newest local parks, Knoll and Colony Parks. Applications are now being accepted for a full-time park ranger. The job will be to oversee the day-to-day operations within those two parks, and that includes walking trails, a kayak launch, and nature center. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, a Fox News reporter is now revealing information from the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol Agency regarding Middle Eastern men crossing into the U.S. at the Mexico border. Griff Jenkins says that a single male from Iran and three other men from Egypt and Lebanon were all captured in recent weeks by Border Patrol agents. These men were flagged by the terrorist screening database. This certainly creates a security threat within the U.S. in light of actions that happened in Israel from Iranian-backed terrorists that are part of the Hamas group. There are at least 1.5 million illegal aliens who got away from authorities at the U.S.-Mexico border, so there's no telling how many more would have flagged the terror screening data in this area. When it comes to the Israel-Hamas conflict, a Catholic cardinal based out of Israel is now offering up himself as an exchange for the almost 200 hostages that were taken during a Hamas terrorist attack that occurred last week. The surprise attack from Hamas killed 1,300 Israelis and injured thousands of others, along with taking 199 hostages. Cardinal Pierbatista Pizzaballa oversees the Catholic churches in the Gaza Strip, West Bank, Jordan, Cyprus, and Israel. The cardinal says he'll do whatever is necessary to bring the hostage children home, saying that he is absolutely available to to become part of a hostage exchange. The Vatican's Secretary of State, Cardinal Pietro Perelin, has also offered to act as a mediator between the Hamas terrorists and the Israeli government. When it comes to the whole conflict that's been going on in the Middle East, one thing that is being revealed almost inadvertently is the level of advanced weaponry that has now been developed and even utilized by both Americans and Israelis. And in some cases, Americans who bring up such type of weaponry are labeled as conspiracy theorists. What I'm talking about are direct energy weapons and lasers. Those are now being employed by both U.S. and Israeli militaries. Recent videos that have been posted on social media out of Israel are showing what looks like a new form of laser intervention to the Hamas rockets that are coming over from the Gaza Strip. This technological difference is being downplayed and even disputed by Israeli authorities right now who are insisting it's all still part of their Iron Dome defense system. The Israeli military doesn't seem to want the laser technology that's being used right now to be either confirmed or amplified But just last year, in 2022, an Israeli military video was released that detailed the level of advances that were being made in laser technology and the whole network of direct energy weapons, referred to as DUES, that the Israeli army has successfully tested and were establishing in strategic locations near the Palestinian and terrorist hotspots in that country. Firing expensive interceptor missiles is too costly a response. Therefore, the laser weapon will be deployed. Here's a real-life example. In Israel, a $50 million Iron Dome, armed with $80,000 interceptor missiles, is used to counter cheap $1,000 rockets from Gaza. No economy can survive on such disproportionate responses. This is where Israel's new laser weapon comes to the rescue. Taking out the same targets for as low as $3.50, the price of a cup of coffee. This new weapon is called the Iron Beam. The Iron Beam is a laser-directed energy weapon that can autonomously acquire targets and track them from over 4 miles away, stabilize its line of sight, 
and focus its high-energy laser to not only rip a hole through the target, but also through space and time. The latest and arguably the best of Israel's wall of defenses, the Iron Beam introduces a new class of capabilities that its predecessors could only dream of. I will feature some more info in the next few Daily Detail episodes about the advances and capabilities of a laser defense system. The Washington, D.C. judge presiding over the trial of Donald Trump regarding the 2020 election has now issued a gag order against Trump. Judge Tanya Chutkin told Trump that his presidential candidacy does not give him carte blanche to vilify public servants who are seeking to do their jobs. Chutkin was referring to special counsel Jack Smith, who brought the charges against Trump. Trump has called Smith various names on Truth Social up until this point, including calling him a deranged prosecutor with a terrible record of court failures. After Judge Chutkin issued the gag order, Trump promptly took to Truth Social, saying that the gag order brought about by the Biden administration is totally unconstitutional and will be appealed. The president of Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton, agrees with Trump, and he posted his own video. They're pretending that Trump has no right to complain about these abuses, complain about this prosecution, complain about the likelihood of a jury being biased here in the District of Columbia, complain about Joe Biden, complain about the judge, and defend himself in the middle of a campaign from a prosecution brought by the administration of his opponent. More documents are coming out related to Joe Biden's family members and their business practices. The latest involves Joe's younger brother, Jim. The Daily Mail is reporting that Jim Biden used business loans to pay off personal expenses, and they obtained that information through three suspicious activity reports that were filed by banks within the U.S. Treasury. The documents show that James Biden received thousands of dollars in business loans that he then used to purchase Philadelphia Eagles football season tickets. The documents all came to light after a former business partner with James was charged by the Securities and Exchange Commission for misappropriating money from a hedge fund. Michael Lewitt is the one facing charges from the SEC. Jim Biden is not. However, Jim Biden has also denied any involvement with Lewitt's shady business, which have also now been proven false by these latest documents. And the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer of Kentucky, is talking more about classified documents within Joe Biden's possession. He's talking about it to Newsmax after sending a letter to special counsel Robert Hugh asking for more documents. Uh, We believe that uh, Joe Biden knew a year earlier that he had these classified documents. We believe that people in the administration were going in there doing inventory. So before Joe Biden said publicly that Donald Trump was irresponsible for mishandling classified documents, our evidence points to the fact that Joe Biden knew without a shadow of a doubt, and people in his administration knew without a shadow of a doubt, that he had, in fact, in his possession, classified documents. So he, in fact, was mishandling classified documents. You look at all the different locations where these uh, mishandled classified documents have turned up and all the people that we have learned that had access to that information, it is inconsistent with what Joe Biden's told the American people. The timeline is inconsistent and the number of people who were involved and had knowledge and access to the classified documents is inconsistent. And we're trying to put together the truth and give the American people a factual timeline of events of what actually happened with Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents. 
A big win in the state of New York, an appellate court has struck down the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for health care workers that was issued in that state a few years ago. The state sought to appeal the ruling against them that came from the New York Supreme Court earlier this year. The attorney for the plaintiffs in this lawsuit, Sujata Gibson, says the mandate is over. And although it does not make the situation whole for health care workers who were fired from their jobs for refusing the vaccine or were injured by the vaccine, it does protect the residents of that state from future overreach by the executive branch. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.